Hello and welcome to the Black Wolves Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Black Wolves Podcast. So good we had to do it twice, like other things in the world. I'm Jeremy Van Suarez. I'm Jacob Wade. And I am Logan Riley Brunner. Yeah, really, just really quick. Uh, historic day yesterday. Uh, Donald J. Trump, first president to get impeached twice. Congratulations. You set a new record, buddy. Yeah. We're so proud of you. We love you. You're very special. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I wouldn't go as far as to say that I love him. <laughs> You're I very don't. special. <laughs> and we're all, we're all, anyway. Um, it was a mess. It was, it was an absolute mess. It was an absolute mess. Um, the most bipartisan impeachment in our history of the nation thus far. Yep. Um, really, uh, it, was, it was pretty incredible watching the votes getting counted um live on cnn it was i i I really like i couldn't take my eyes off it yeah i tried to watch the speeches earlier in the day but there was just it's so much posturing now that everyone kind of knows that they're like trying to get their sound bite it kind of feels like the same thing that i felt a lot during the debates specifically Mm -hmm. the democratic and republican primaries uh, for president back in like 2016 and then again in 2019 um, it feels a lot like people are just trying to get their bite in which is really frustrating because to watch basically like three hours of democrats giving the same speech over and over and over and over and over again and republicans giving the same speech over and over and over and over and over again is like why are we doing this Unless you guys are going to actually debate with each other, unless you guys are going to actually bring up valid points and actually say, like, what my fellow congressperson said was untrue or what my fellow congressperson said distorts the facts or, like, are actually going to call each other out, then literally all we're doing is parading people up in front of the entire nation to give them one minute to speak and to have them say either the president sucks or Democrats suck. And I'm sick of listening to that it wasn't really much of a debate it was more of a like a go up speak your piece sit down yeah Yeah. you all have one minute (laughs) your time is up your time is up long story short i told you so uh, richmond out (laughs) that was a great i I gotta say that was a great moment we needed that that um that house senate leader to be hosting the debates because she was cutting people off on their time like clean she's like "Eh, eh, your time is up your time's up. Your time's up. Stop talking. Your time's up. Your time is up. Your time is up. I was you like, know, okay. That's that's what we need uh, in our in our upcoming presidential debates, rather than uh, you know getting trampled over. By, yeah, uh, I just wanted like one person to go up and be like, so I've written down notes about what everybody else said for the past two hours. I'm just gonna respond to all of that real quick. Because all of them just kind of prepared these generic speeches that really feel like they're just prepping to send out to their constituents to be like, look at the speech that I gave. Mm-hmm. And in a day, it's not going to matter. Like yeah. none of the speeches, even Richmond out, which was like kind of the only like spark moment of the entire debate, yeah. feels like it's going to be forgotten by Saturday. Like, by the time this podcast comes out, people are going to be like, Richmond out. What are they talking about? Yeah, no, the majority of people actually didn't watch it. And, like, it's not being memefied. Like, I didn't see it on Twitter. I didn't see it anywhere. The only viral moment I saw was um, someone 
pull down their mask to sneeze into their hand and then grab the armchair and then a uh, representative a few seats down looking at him with uh, general disdain and disgust. Um, don't take your mask off to sneeze. That's what the mask is for. And if oh, you're going to oh take your boy. mask off to sneeze, do it right here. You know, the spot that nobody interacts with. Um, Hit a nice know. dab on the way down. Like... Exactly. I love doing a nice, you know, dab when I go to sneeze out my spit at 80 miles per hour because the human body is a wondrous thing uh but you know we're not we're not we're not here to 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 talk all about the impeachment we did that last week we did we did some of that last week you know we're here to talk about the industry what's going on in movies what's going on in tv what's going on in games well to start us off it's the return of the jedi there's a new hope in the gaming industry uh Lucasfilm Games or LucasArts Games, uh, they're back. They have come back. They've rebranded themselves. They've collected all the most recent Star Wars video games under their one banner, and they're 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 making games. You know, uh, they've taken away EA Electronic Arts's exclusive rights to video games, um, and they're now open to more developers. They've already announced that Ubisoft, Ubisoft Massive, who are the developers behind uh, the Division series will be making an open-world, story-driven Star Wars game. Um, and honestly, I'm hella excited for this. It's only been recently that EA has been doing a good job with their Star Wars games with, you know, storied single-player experiences like Jedi Fallen Order and smaller, uh, you know, weirder experiences like Star Wars Squadrons. I'm always happy to hear that, you know, one gaming company doesn't have a monopoly on a really big license, uh, but I'm interested to hear on what your guys' thoughts on. Yeah, Jacob. What's yeah, well, on? my thoughts are that open world games are like a big deal. It's gonna, and it's going to take a lot of thought and creativity to put together something that people are going to really love and keep playing. Uh, I really hope that it that they step up to the plate and knock it out of the park because an open world Star Wars game would be ideal for me. Like I want to be able to fly to the different planets. I want to be able to roam on those planets and see the different creatures and like interact with all sorts of different things. I want to be able to like choose my race. If that's even an option, hopefully it is right. Mm -hmm. Like I, I would want to be a Jedi, but who knows if that's even an option, you know, when does this, story take place there's so yeah, many questions that i have there's absolutely zero details on this game we don't know when it's being set place we don't have any sort of release window this could be post new trilogy this could be in the high republic 100 years before the prequel trilogy we have absolutely no idea when and where this game will take place who you'll be playing as but i'm i'm excited to the possibilities you know it's like i i i think star wars can be at its most interesting when it's at its most focus. I feel like The Mandalorian was a really great way to expand the universe while focusing on like such a small story in the grand scheme of Star Wars things. Mm -hmm. And when you have like these small focus stories, then it, it, it only makes the world feel bigger because then you're meeting these like new and interesting and weird characters that like we would have never seen if we were still following Luke around. Yeah, even the stories of Fallen Order and um, Battlefront 2, um, 
if you play as like Aiden. Um, it's a cool story. And I'm glad that I played them because it expanded the Star Wars universe for me. What do you guys want to see out of this game? Uh, can we get no loot boxes? That'd be, yeah, that'd, that'd be, be nice. Well, that, yeah, it seemed like uh, EA really had the uh, the handle on that. Uh, but now that we're getting a Ubisoft game, it might not be as prevalent. Um, I recently just beat Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And what I think that game does really well, and what I think Ubisoft is finally starting to get a grasp on, is how to make an open world more interesting, as opposed to just being like a big map just for the hell of it. Like, there's enough interesting things, enough interesting nooks and crannies in, like, the side quests and side objectives that it makes exploring the world more fun. And I feel like Star Wars, Star Wars is such a weird place. Like, it really doesn't need to be all serious prophecy all the time. I want to have a Star Wars game where it's just as fun and weird as silly as it is, like, serious. Yeah, you want to be able to go to Canto Bite on your free time and get a drink and gamble. Exactly. You know, before before, you know, Rose and 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 her compatriots come and mess it Blew all up. It for up. Us. Yeah. <laughs> Red um, Dead Redemption Star Wars edition. Yeah. I feel like for me a perfect like open world Star Wars game would have to be like set in the High Republic, like when the Jedi were at their peak a hundred years prior to episode one. Cause honestly, like nothing against the Star Wars characters we know and love, but I would love to like I would love to like have a game where there's like not constant referencing everywhere I go. Yeah, but also this game probably won't be multiplayer, right? I mean, no details. No details. Once again, the only thing we have to go off is that Ubisoft Massive is making it. They've made the Division series, which has been a shared world experience. So it's like you could play it by yourself, but they really encourage like four player squads. Um, how that would work amongst Jedi, I don't know. Maybe if they were doing more of like a stormtrooper, Mandalorian. Mandalorian type of approach, maybe that might work. Um, but it's really just on a wait and see basis, you know. Yeah. But it's not just Star Wars games we're getting. Uh, they're teaming. Lucasfilm is teaming up with Machine Games, the developers behind. Bethesda's recent Wolfenstein games to make an Indiana Jones video game. Um, cool. You know, cool. Exactly. That's something we haven't gotten in a long time. And Machine Games has a uh, great history of uh, shooting Nazis in the face. And that pairs really well with Indiana Jones. Um, we'll see how it goes. So we'll I'm, see how it goes. I'm so nervous going into 2021 about gaming, just in terms of like getting too excited about anything. So I'm trying to like temper after all my whole, expectations. After the whole cyberpunk fiasco? <laughs> after cyberpunk, yeah. after like every I, major AAA title that got released that had a ton of bugs in them. Like, I'm just- I feel like this is a constant hurdle that we as gamers approach every like five or so years when there's that one game that's been hyped for so long and we get it and it just doesn't, meet our expectations but it's also it's like yes absolutely but there's also been a more and more consistent track record of games being released broken like fallout 4 fallout 76 most call of duty games get released with a ton of bugs red dead had some pretty bad bugs when it first launched gta had some pretty bad bugs when it first launched there's this idea i think that 
games need to come out even if they're not ready to come out. And so to kind of pivot, I like the fact that Hogwarts Legacy just announced its delay until 2022 so they can make sure they get it right. I would like to see that happen more. I know Cyberpunk was trying to do that and then they released Not Finished because they had hyped a game for too long and their fans were like, you've been working on this for seven years, where is it? But that is also a problem with announcing games too early. Back to EA, why are we announcing these games that the only detail we have about them is it's going to be an open world Star Wars game. The game's probably not going to be finished for another two, three years. If we get to that point and they're still like, we've got to delay another year because we've got to finish it. We've got to delay another six months because we've got to finish it. People are going to say, you announced this at the end of 2020. Where is it? I'm waiting. Yeah. Not only that, but I think I would have less of an issue with games releasing with bugs if they were to put early access or cyberpunk beta. Because as soon as you see beta, it's like, all right, temper your expectations. This game isn't going to be completely perfect, but hey, at least it's going to be playable in some sense of the word. <laughs> the issue now with the word beta is that there are so many games specifically driven by Fortnite that release as betas and then never come out so that the developers can constantly say, well, we're still in beta. We're not done. Fortnite has been around and available as a multiplayer game for at least five years at this point. I don't think it's still, I don't think it's still considered beta. It's still labeled beta. I'm pretty sure. I, I'll check again next time I log into Fortnite. But the last <laughs> time I, I played it, it, was like, it was like season five of Fortnite and they were still in beta. Because the official version of the game is supposed to release with the single player as a free portion of the game. The only reason the single player is still locked is because they're still in beta but they haven't really touched the single player aspect of the game since the multiplayer blew up so much. Yeah. And so they're just leaving it in beta. And now whenever anybody says, well, Fortnite is a mess because X, Y, and Z, their excuse is, well, we're in beta. Meanwhile, we're raking in millions of dollars every year because we keep dropping microtransactions. I'm, I am not for games living in beta. If you want to release a game as a beta, then release a beta but I'm, I'm scared about the notion of AAA titles being like, well, we're not done, so it's in beta, because then they can just leave it in beta forever and say, well, we never, it was never finished. So you can't review it yet because it's not officially out. You can't say that it's broken because we told you it was in beta. It kind of opens the door for a lot of negative business practices that I think will ultimately end up hurting us a lot more than they'll help good points yeah those are good points there i'd also just like to throw out that i am not a fan of microtransactions in any game or app uh you're not even a fan of dlc no but recently i did buy the breath of the wild dlc uh, and i've been ha! playing that finally something got you uh-huh <laughs> something I'm, got I'm, me i'm very much with you jacob on microtransactions i think in free-to-play games i understand them when it's like you're not paying for the game so you can pay for some skins fine i get it but in a 60 dollars video game that i've already bought to then turn around and say like hey you want this really cool costume another five dollars please it's like but i i bought the game at least let me earn it yeah like I remember back in like Call of Duty, the original Modern Warfare 2, when every skin was just unlockable. And now if you want any skin from a Call of Duty game, you have to buy it. 
And so I- Or take your chances with a loot box. Right. And loot boxes have pretty much been designed to not work. It's a gambling mechanic that rewards you once every 30 tries so that you spend money. It's it's bad business practice. And it's crazy that there's like, there's, there's people- who will stream themselves just opening loot boxes. Yep. And like all the money that they're spending on it, you know, it's kind of ridiculous. Hey guys, I dropped $500 on these 50 loot boxes. Let's see if I get anything cool. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> That's 10 video games. What are you doing? Yeah. Well, <laughs> Uh, we'll have to wait and see for this uh, for these Star Wars games for these. You know, I'm excited to see where uh, where Lucasfilm games go. Yeah. Um, now that now that EA doesn't just have this exclusivity, you know, we could get we could get some really interesting games. You know, we might get a super giant Hades esque Star Wars game. We might get a game where you play as R two D two solving puzzles. We like who who knows what we're gonna get. Uh, but hopefully they keep the creative ball rolling. Uh. And you know, more more de- more developers making Star Wars games just means more competition in the games industry, more innovation, more choices for consumers, uh, and that's always a good thing. Means everybody has to step up. Speaking of stepping up, uh, Netflix is uh, really stepping up to the plate with movies in uh, 2021. Uh, this past week, they announced that they plan to release a new film every week uh, in 2021. Um, I'm curious as to whether this was a if this was something they had planned or if this was something that only really came about because of the pandemic. Um, Both. I think think the marketing came because of the pandemic, but like the planning was definitely more than a year in the making. So yeah, I'm sure they were looking at their content and basically some intern or someone who worked like lower on the totem pole went wow it's kind of funny we're almost releasing a movie a week and then some executive went what if we did release a movie a week Mm. and the rest is now history um i'm personally as a creator and as someone who has a deep desire to work with netflix at some point i am very excited this this only gives netflix more impetus to work with indie filmmakers and to give movies that probably wouldn't have gotten a chance a chance because if this goes well at the end of 2021 you know people are going to expect it for 2022 it will basically become oh netflix is the place where they release a new movie every week yeah and that is our fix it's we can't go to the movies or when we finally can we go to the movies but if we want to do friday night movie night we know where to find a new movie every single week and it's netflix and it's awesome. And also, in some cases, it's not even one movie a week. It's two. They're going to be yeah. releasing multiple in some cases. I, I heard that they're releasing upward of 70 films this year. I think last I heard it was like 73, mm-hmm. but I might be wrong. There were, there were 25 alone in the trailer that they dropped. Once again, it's a pretty great thing for us as consumers that we have you know, the means to be able to stream a new movie every week. We really do have the movie theater in our home. Uh, it sets an interesting precedent. I've been, I've been wondering about this since, since last March, that it's like with this move towards like 
digital towards these like digital films it's like i don't want to say like are we gonna kill like the movie theater industry but it's like are we like are people just gonna be less inclined to go out and see a movie knowing that there's just a new movie waiting for them at home no no you don't think so no and it's the same argument that i give uh whenever people say we can't live stream broadway shows um live theater and going to the movies are experiences that you cannot replicate at home. It's just not possible. Unless you have the money to buy a like a hundred inch screen with in, your in, fucking in theater experience. surround sound and reclining chairs. Reclining chairs and you can get a popcorn machine. Like the amount of money you'd have to pour in just to replicate a movie theater experience which you then still can't really replicate because a lot of the movie theater experience is the energy of people around you. As much as like I'm one to get mad when people like talk during a movie, there is always that feeling of like kind of enjoying getting into a moment with the rest of the audience and like feeling everyone's energy when things happen. Yeah. Um, so I don't think I don't think that's ever something that you can do at home. I think yeah. that movies specifically like Tenant and Wonder Woman and Avengers and like these kind of bigger budget big films are things that people will still go to the theaters for and things that people will stay home for are things that Netflix is releasing. Smaller stories about individuals, about smaller groups, uh, things that indie filmmakers kind of want to tackle. Um, I think I think movie theaters are going to be just fine when we're back from COVID. Everyone wants to freak out and say this is going to destroy X industry. This is going to destroy Y, and it's not. No, it it's a new challenge for them to try and overcome. And all it's going to mean is that movie theaters are going to step up to the plate. We would not have AMC A list if we hadn't had Movie Pass. We would not have the amount of movies getting released in theaters had Netflix not shown up. Like. Right. There's a lot of competition breeds creativity, and mm -hmm. I am extremely excited for it. Yeah. Another thing about me not being worried about live events being, like, filmed and coming to living rooms rather than people going out to the theater is that, like, I was watching a uh, filmed Broadway production on HBO Max the other day, and there's a moment in the show where the whole audience takes a collective deep breath and at home, I took the deep breath watching my TV, but I didn't feel that collective deep breath of like the whole room breathing and like everyone just kind of syncing up with each other in their like rhythm. Yeah. And that's something that is totally like irreplaceable. There is a, a theory, I don't know if it's ever been proven, but that theater audiences' heart rates sync up. Yeah. That, like, as you're watching a show your heart will start to sync with everyone else in the room and That's so crazy. like that that collective energy that collective feeling of like everyone being involved in something it's to bounce off you jacob it's how i felt watching hamilton on disney plus it's like yeah I, i'm seeing hamilton and i've wanted to see hamilton for so long so it's so great but i would still go see the broadway show yeah. This is not. This actually makes me more inclined to want to see the Broadway show because yeah. now all I'm thinking is, well, now I've seen it for the story and I know I'm going to like it, so I want to be there. Yeah, if you got goosebumps in your living room, imagine being in the theater. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, Jacob, would you like to run down 
the list of some of these movies? Sure. Whichever I... ones, whichever ones catch your eye, because there's sure. a, there's a lot of movies and they went through all of them really quick, really yeah. quickly. So let's. I'm gonna go maybe at the speed that they went in the trailer. Um, so there's a new Black Western coming out called The Harder They Fall. Looks awesome. There's a new Halle Berry fight movie called Bruised. Looks cool. There's a new, uh, and uh, she's directing it, not starring in it. Directorial de- debut, I believe. And the same with Lin-Manuel Miranda with Tick, Tick, Boom, um, starring Andrew Garfield and Vanessa Hudgens in a is, musical together. So is, cool. Super interesting. Because I've never heard him sing. Same writer as uh, Rent. Oh, yes. that is interesting. It's his, it's his lesser known, but some people say better show. Mm-hmm. That like Rent is really good and became popular because of what it stood for. But Tick, Tick, Boom was if you want a really well-written show, watch Tick, Tick, Boom. Word. Uh, I don't think this was in the trailer, but Kissing Booth 3. They like hit on it for like half a second. Cool. Yeah. Starring Joey King, of course. Cool. Finish uh, that trilogy. Yeah. To All the Boys. Finish three. that trilogy. Finish yeah. that up. Lana Condor, shout out. PPAS alum. Uh, with uh, Noah Centineo, cool guy. And I Jordan guess. Fisher. Yes. Um, Amy Adams is starring in The Woman in the Shadow. Okay. Liam Hemsworth right? is starring in Escape from Spiderhead. Okay. Does another action movie. Let's go. Right. Jennifer Garner starting starring in Yes Day, a family f- flick. Cool. Um, Jason Momoa starring in Sweet Girl. Real, real quick fix. It's the woman in the window. Oh, it's not. It's not shadow. It's window. No, it's window. Okay. I remember. I remember. I remember hearing about this movie before. Um. So yes. Uh, I've heard, heard about, about this, it. I heard about this movie three years ago because I auditioned for it. I remember, wow. and I remember seeing the trailer and being like, "Look, this movie looks cool," and you were like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> nice. Uh, next on the list, Dave, ba- Dave Batista starring in Army of the Dead, which originally had Chris D'Elia in it, but he was cut from the film due, due to his uh, inappropriate allegation. conduct. Yes. Yeah. You want to go with that? Let's go with that. Yeah. All well, right. His career. Is it, is it only Dave Batista? I feel like Army of the Dead was one of those movies that had like. Uh, an ensemble cast of some sort. It does. It absolutely does. Um, Zack Snyder's Dave directing says, it. Your favorite yeah. director, Logan. Ha ha ha! I make ha, no ha, comment. Ha. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna make a comment on that one. <laughs> um, continuing. Uh, Anthony Mackie is starring in uh, Outside the Wire. Yeah, that just got a trailer this week. Looks yeah. interesting. Action film looks cool. Uh, Bad Trip, starring Eric Andre. Drug like movie. Something Eric would do. Comedy. Yeah. Um, O2, which is a 2020 movie. It's Estonian, Latvian, Lithuanian, Finnish historical spy thriller. I am down for more foreign language films. Yeah, me too. I'm so here for them. 100%. Uh, The Last Mercenary, starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Yeah, right? He's an old action star, yeah. Um... Kate, starring Mary Elizabeth Winstead and Woody Harrelson, power duo. Oh, my heart. So excited. Fear Street, a horror movie starring Sadie Sink. Um, Night Teeth, starring Debbie Ryan, Lucy Fry, and Alfie Allen. Cool. I love Alfie Alfie Allen. Um, 
Malcolm and Marie, which we can get further into. I know that everyone's excited for Malcolm and Marie, Zendaya and John David Washington. It was the first film that was uh, approved and shot when COVID started. Uh, It is written and directed by the creator of Euphoria, Sam Levingston, who I know a lot about because I follow Jeremy O'Harris, who is the writer of Slave Play that went to Broadway. The two of them are like best friends. And Jeremy O'Harris has very much talked about the fact that Sam Levingston is an incredible writer, an incredible artist. John David Washington and Zendaya are fantastic actors. And so I cannot wait to see the two of them in a two-person movie that all takes place in real time. That's wild. Give it to me. I love watching play movies. I've been I've been rewatching Tenet just for John David Washington's performance. I'm like absolutely enamored with him. I can't wait to see him in this black and white romance film. Romance question mark? I feel yeah. like I feel like I feel like there's gonna be like murder involved. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, there's some Bonnie and Clyde <laughs> yeah, vibes going real on. Bonnie and Clyde vibes going on. It looks really cool. Looks great. I'm going to move on to Moxie, starring Amy Poehler. Okay. okay. The White Tiger. It's an Indian crime drama movie. Looks really good. Looks good. Uh, Double Dad, which is a Portuguese film. Cool. Uh, Back to the Outback, an Australian animated film. Uh, And then there's Red Notice, starring The Rock, Ryan Reynolds, and Gal Gadot, which looks cool. Yeah. And funny. It's like an action comedy. And uh, Don't Look Up, Leo DiCaprio and J-Law. Took me a second to recognize Leo in that trailer. Took me a second yeah. to recognize J-Law, but... I, 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 I agree with you, Jacob. I felt like I recognized Leo right off the bat. And I was like, yeah. who's, who's that other person? Oh, Jennifer. Good to see you here. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah, it's interesting. Twitter had a little thread the other day trying to... Uh, trying to figure out exactly like the type of character that Leonardo DiCaprio was going to play solely based on his facial hair. So, you know, social media is good for something. We can, we can decrypt the mysteries of Leonardo DiCaprio movies just based on what type of beard he has. What are they saying on Twitter? So details are scarce, but uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's beard is not. Uh, This thread is from Esquire UK. What can this sizable neckbeard reveal about the Don't Look Up plot? Let's start with plot revealing facial hair that came before it. Um, the first reply in this thread are pictures from Inception, uh, Shutter Island, uh, The Departed. This type of goatee is usually a signifier that his character is going to be dealing with some slightly nefarious underworld stuff. It says, I'm a bit of a naughty one, but the careful sculpting says, I'll try not to let my naughtiness get out of hand. Uh, on the other hand, Leo's body of lies goatee was meant to give him a bit of on-the-ground gravitas. It did, in a David Brent kind of way. Tarantino wanted a campily evil vibe for Calvin Candy and Django, so a pointy chin beard was really the only way to go. Um, the next one is a gift from the Wolf of Wall Street. Recently, no beard at all has been a clear indicator of debauchery lies ahead. Um, at the opposite end of the scale is the wild and phlegmy big acting beard, which finally got him an Oscar in The Revenant. Um, that's really all the information we have to go off of. Uh, this is a, uh, as Esquire said, a scruffy looking net beard. So this might be closer to the big acting range of Leo. Maybe he's going for another Oscar this time around. Um, maybe he's going to be good guy Leo this time around. You know, maybe he's not 
dealing with uh, evil wives in his dreams or um, mind heists or, you know, I think discovering scruffy, his own murder or whatever. Yeah, I think the scruffy neckbeard is telling me, like, I've been doing this for a long time. Yeah. That's what it's giving me. Yeah. Is there, there's a, there, is there a trailer for Don't Look Up? Nope. Not yet. Nope. nope. Just a clip. Okay. Just like just a tiny the, snippet. Honestly, just from the clip that I saw, I feel like I feel like Leo might not be playing a good guy. I don't know. Something about the next beard gives me a little creep type of vibes. Or maybe he's discovered that people think his facial hair means something and the character is just kind of a bumbling like mess and he's playing a good guy who's just a little all over the place it's it's all possible see this is this is this is when twitter is a great resource coming together honestly (laughs) it gives me a little like donald glover in the martian vibes like that like i'm a genius but i'm a little all over the place so i look like i'm a bit of a mess but i'm the guy that's going to solve the problem i love that he feels a little nerdy just based on the clip that i saw he doesn't feel like the guy in charge. He feels like the guy that gets yelled at by the guy in charge to crack into the mainframe, whatever that means. Or whatever, yeah. But just like you said, Logan, who knows? Maybe that's just what Leo wants you to think. We're all just living in Leonardo DiCaprio's world here, guys. Yep. It's his um, world. We're just living in it. Yep. Well, any either whichever character he plays, I am excited for a lot of these movies. I'm making it a personal state, uh, personal goal to just watch a new movie every week you know i feel like i've been sinking so much time into television shows and i get you know like i get so hooked on them that it's like especially like half an hour shows that i'll just watch like five episodes in a row and then i'm you know i'm just like well i could also get like a complete plot in like that same amount of time so let me let me start doing that before we move on to uh content we've been consuming uh c our cwcs i just want to give a quick a quick a reminder of why you should always remember your passwords, have them stored in a safe place um, because you're never going to know when you're going to need that password again. Uh, For instance, the New York Times reported a couple days ago uh, about Stephen Thomas, a uh, San Francisco programmer who owns 7,000 Bitcoin now valued at about $220 million. The only problem is uh, he doesn't remember the password. He uh, wrote it down many years ago when he first invested. He wrote it down on a piece of paper, which he uh, subsequently lost. Um, It's on a a very specific hard drive. Um, He's tried eight times for the password and they've all come up with negative results and he only has two more attempts. Uh, before the entire hard drive encrypts itself, making it nearly impossible to get in after that. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, he's 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 put his plight out on the internet. Um, some people have offered to help for a ten percent cut. <laughs> hey. Um, which I wouldn't be opposed to. I'd be like, hey, man, <laughs> it's better than me trying to guess the password and losing out on all this money. It only makes it more interesting uh, on, instead of a today I learned, more of a yesterday I learned that there's only going to be a finite amount of Bitcoin. Um, I believe it's going to go up to 200, 
14 million and that's where it caps out um and that's not gonna happen until like the year like 21 something something or whatever uh if if there's not a new a newer age internet by that point or if we're not jacked into the matrix um but just a just a reminder um always you know make a password that you'll remember um and if you're gonna write it down keep it in a safe place write it down multiple times always have a backup for your backup so you don't end up like a uh, Stephen thomas and um you possibly lose out on 220 million dollars yep damn yep uh <laughs> and uh now for something a bit more relatable uh cwc content we're consuming uh i i actually want to bring one thing up before we move on to content oh. that's talked about all the netflix movies but there are some movies that uh jacob and i are both interested in that are not coming out through netflix yeah there's uh, for one i'll start off with cherry starring tom holland bill skarsgård we get michael gandolfini which who i haven't seen act and i'm excited to um kyle harvey super duper kyle and my buddy tony goins who is playing Benji in the movie. So if you see a character named Benji, keep your eyes open. It's Tony from Philly and New York City. Good guy. Yeah, he's a great guy. Movie looks great. I'm very excited to see Tom Holland in this kind of part. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. all I'm going to add to that. <laughs> right. And um, next is a series, I believe, a limited yes. series. Yes, yes, yes. Why don't you take it away? Uh, I believe it's Shonda Rhimes. Yeah? Yes. Uh, yeah, Inventing Anna, uh, Julia Garner and uh, Arian Moyad, the uh, head of Waterwell Theater Department, who uh, worked at the high school that Jacob, Jeremy and I all went to, um, but is also just a theater producer, theater maker, uh, incredible actor, really great mentor for both Jacob and I. Um, yeah. He's done some amazing work um, on Broadway. And he plays Stewie. You yeah. hate him uh, because you love to hate him. Out. Yeah. Um, very excited for inventing Anna. It looks like it has an incredible cast, and Shonda Rhimes just can't seem to miss nowadays. Um, so I'm excited to see her do yet another great series, uh, yeah. having just finished Bridgerton. Yeah, inventing uh, Anna is about a woman in New York City who claims to be an heiress to some fortune. Mm. She's not the heiress. Ah. <laughs> And so Anna must be invented. Yes. I see. I see, I, I see it now. Yeah. You're connecting the dots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be a cool series. Me too. Yeah, um, I really, I have to take advantage of my Apple TV Plus subscription. There's oh so yeah, they've got content, and I have, I haven't even scratched the surface. No, you haven't. Speaking you're looking, of great yeah. Apple TV content, uh, please, Logan. Please. Uh, I've been watching season two of Dickinson. Uh, starring Haley Seinfeld and uh, the lovely Gus Burney, uh, who we went to uh, middle and high school with. Um, fantastic show. Uh, if you like period piece dramas, you'll probably like it. It's also uh, a comedy too. Yeah, if you, if you, I will warn people that uh, if you are a period piece purist, if like you're looking for like, oh, everything is like, historically accurate and the, oh yeah the they're not going to be talking the way you expect them to talk it's not no. victorian it's all uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of like hip-hop and r&b put in there in terms of music 
there's a lot of like the way they interact with each other is semi-modern um but emily dickinson is one of the greatest poets uh that has ever lived and to see her words come to life uh through an actress who is as talented as Haley steinfeld who i think a lot of people don't give her enough credit uh even though she was nominated for an oscar uh <laughs> is great so uh i'm watching dickinson uh I finished Bridgerton, which was on Netflix, which was great. Uh, I'm very excited for the next eight seasons that they're apparently planning on. Um, like I watched... literally eight seasons? Yes, because there's eight books. Oh my, oh my. Um, and Shonda, even though they haven't been picked up for season two, it's Shonda Rhimes, who's going to cancel a Shonda Rhimes show, especially when Bridgerton was announced as Netflix's biggest Christmas release in their entire history. Wow. Um, I watched the 2020 movie Emma, starring uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, who is fantastic. Uh, it, for me, does something similar to Dickinson, where it takes kind of the idea of a period drama and does something new with it. Um, to kind of point out, I, I was saying it to, to Jeremy after I finished watching it, and I said it to my mom because we were watching it together. It feels like Anya Taylor-Joy is in a play that only she knows that she's in. Mm -hmm. That like she knows the dialogue and she knows the lines and she knows the blocking and nobody else knows that they're in a play. And so they mm -hmm. keep doing things that she's like, what are you, that's not the line. And it's just, it's not in a like, it feels like a disaster and like the movie's all over the place, but in a way that feels very purposeful and very like thought out and very well done. So yeah, uh, super loved that. Um, and then I'm still playing The Last of Us Part Two, which is great. That's the content I've consumed recently. Um, and more Critical Role, if you're into D&D. &D. Uh, it's a great show. Um, you should watch it. Lots of great voice actors on that show. Sweet. Uh, as for me, haven't been watching anything new, really. Um, I finished season one of The Crown. I started season two. Nice. You binged really that, nice. I think, because I remember last podcast, you said you were starting The Crown. Mm-hmm. So really good show making progress making progress it's a great show and there were some great performances john lithgow uh a co really cool churchill claire foy matt smith both fantastic yes yeah Ooh, claire foy uh okay um who uh what else have i been watching um uh, not new but i rewatched the uh, austin powers movies i love them uh, a little bit of joy they, in your life yeah they hold up in my opinion comedy wise um, not too much cringe like you, you you know what you're gonna get when it's Austin Powers yeah. um, there is at least for me in terms of Austin Powers movies and part of it is probably them making fun of it but there is still that very like 80s sense of sexuality of like if the guy pushes hard enough eventually the girl will have sex with him and I think that has just bred a lot of like kind of dangerous uh, habits uh, in men, there is a sense in Austin Powers of they're kind of making fun of it, but yeah. that that like idea of like, come on, baby, you know you want to have sex with me is so prevalent in like James Bond and in all mm -hmm. those spies movies that it's like, can we can we move away from coercion yeah. fantasy? They're definitely making fun of it because then when in that first movie when all those jokes are made, when sh she does cave in and wants to have sex with Austin, she's drunk and he says no. I can't. It's not right. You're drunk. I'm not. It's inappropriate. So there is that like line that they draw, which I like. 
So, but yeah, um, love those movies. And that, and also I've just been playing uh, Death Stranding. Still. Excellent choice. Yeah. Um, holds up. So yeah, that's, that's my con. Can't say, my, uh, can't yeah. say I've been consuming too much new content recently. Uh, I recently beat Assassin's Creed Valhalla, uh, which I think does a, uh, a good job at wrapping up these last, uh, this recent trilogy that we've had of more RPG focused uh, Assassin's Creed games. Um, it also, it also surprisingly, uh, and without spoiling too much, uh, connects a bit to the older games. Um, so that, I, for the first time in a while, I'm excited by an Assassin's Creed story, um, and I can't wait to see what they do next. Uh, but last night, I finally watched the uh, 2019 Oscar-nominated movie Bombshell, um, and that was a great time. I'm not not the, the content you know that it deals with is not particularly like yip de doo, uh, but the execution of the production of the movie is absolutely fantastic it kind of has this film documentary hybrid uh type of feel to it where it's like you know you have Charlize Theron and her excellent Megan Kelly makeup oh my gosh I had to do like double takes throughout that movie um to really see past the makeup and prosthetics they they put on Charlize for that um but you know you have Charlize and her Megan Kelly uh makeup uh, but then whenever they cut to footage, like actual footage of Fox, they're using actual archival Fox footage of Megyn Kelly. And it's like oh. these two worlds are kind of like combining where it's like you can't really tell the difference. They also have um, there's also uh, actual statements from people who spoke up against uh, Mr. Ailes in the movie and they show like actual pictures and it's not just like a we put this in at the credits to to let you know that this is real like it happens like in the middle of the movie and it's really interesting that you know like names pop up like it's a documentary there's points where Nicole Kidman's character like speaks to us as an audience through the camera um really interesting well done movie uh that doesn't absolve Fox uh of its uh of its uh of its quote-unquote sins um but uh also makes a point that evil is evil no matter what and we have to stand up to it um excellent performances from a cast john lithgow plays uh mr ailes and he does an incredible job they do great prosthetics on him too um uh kate mckinnon does a fantastic job in that movie um as the uh as the uh to quote her the lesbian who works at fox um so i am sure problems you can you can assume that problems arise through that plot line um but she plays an excellent character um and it's a great movie and i'd, I'd recommend it to to both of you um and to to anyone really it's a great movie be sure um, to check it out yeah yeah um, and besides that, as I uh, check my my stack of video games, uh, nope, there hasn't really been anything else. I'm continuing to read Dune. I just finished uh, part one, book one. Um, real, uh, <laughs> real meaty plot twist at the end of the first book. I'm excited for you to get to that 
Jacob. Not like I haven't finished the book. It's split up into like three books as part of the whole first novel. Uh, real meaty plot twists that comes out of nowhere, and I'm excited to keep on reading. It feels nice to say that I'm uh, hooked on a book. Yeah. Um, in this very digital age. Yeah, it's a rarity. Live in. Yeah, I was it's reading it on the train earlier. Yep. I'm. I'm just. The more I read it, the more I'm excited to see. Oscar Isaac and Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya, who I haven't even met her character that she plays yet so far. Um, we're so getting there. We're getting there. Um, but yeah, with that, uh, that's going to be all from the, uh, the Black Wolves boys today. Um, we hope you enjoy your week. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Check out uh, all the content that we continue to release. Interviews from last week. Interviews coming up soon. Yep. Uh, last uh, the last perfect shade behind the scenes is dropping this week uh so you know you got time to catch up on all your lyricism and production tips and tricks binge the series yeah binge the series why not there's like um, 10 acoustic covers you can watch yeah check those out uh thank you for joining us at the black Wolf podcast and we will see you again next time bye